But we're also starting a new series and it's simply God Encounters. And just really upon our hearts was this feeling to have an expectation to encounter God in a fresh and in a new way in 2022. And I think every one of us needs that. We need it regularly, but we're just going to mark it with a series of messages of people who've encountered God. But we want to encounter the person of the Holy Spirit. And one of the most ancient prayers of the church is, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And so where you are right now, sitting here in the auditorium, or as I said, watching online, and even if you're watching on delay, just sit there and say, come Holy Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to come and touch your life. I love something that uh, a Jewish Christian rabbi said, uh, Rabbi Sorrel, Sorrel, he said, two things in all of creation have the breath of God, the soul of man and the word of God. And when they connect and when they connect. And so if you invite in the Holy Spirit come and you're leaning into the word of God, I believe God is going to do something significant in your life in this moment and down through this year. I want to start off in a place that may seem a little bit strange and remind you of the story of the Tower of Babel recorded for us in Genesis 11. And it's kind of worth reading it or even refreshing it because it kind of illustrates what happens when people try to build something, build as they were a civilization, but without God. And in Genesis 11 verse 4, it says, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. It's all about them. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And they are actually acting in defiance of the commission that God had given Adam and Eve to go and multiply, but the whole thing of going. And as New Testament believers, Jesus gave us a similar instruction, go and make disciples. And they go, no, we're gonna go, we're gonna hang together and we're gonna do something for ourselves. We're gonna build a civilization and God, we don't want you to be a part of it. And they wanted to establish their own reputation and eliminate God entirely. I'm wondering if anything sounds a little bit familiar in terms of the society we're living in and some of the things going on within it. So the Lord observed this and he said, well, I'm going to do something about it. And in Genesis 11, verse 8 through 9, so the Lord scattered them over all the earth and they stopped building the city. And that is why it's called Babel. And the way he scattered, they all started speaking different languages and nobody could understand each other because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And in terms of this message, one of the key thoughts to pull out of it is that progress without God's presence always results in chaos and confusion. And that's true for a society. That's true for a group of people. That's true for a family. That's true for an individual. And I think partly that's what's important about an anointing service. 
It's that moment where we say, God, I want you to come and fill my life again. I'm marking something. I'm doing something to intentionally invite your presence by the power of the Holy Spirit into my life. In contrast to the Tower of Babel, where they had one language and then God scattered them by giving them multiple languages to speak and creating complete confusion, is Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church, where God is birthing, as it were, and building a new temple made of people, not of bricks. People like you and I, where it says, you're my dwelling place. And there, with speaking in tongues in multiple languages, God actually brings unity. And it's this incredible parallel between man's way of doing it and God's way of doing it. There was power coming from heaven. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, is how God presences himself in our lives on a daily basis. And hence the exhortations to be filled with the Spirit, to be led of the Spirit, to be open your life to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It's God indwelling you by the power of his spirit to lead you, to guide you, to enable you, to empower your life. In fact, Jesus said something quite remarkable in John 16 verse 7, which every time I read it just reminds me of how important it is for us to include and invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of our everyday life. In John 16 verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper, and he's referring to the Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And that moment of sending is the day of Pentecost as recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 2. But just think of those words. These disciples had walked with Jesus. Jesus, God made manifest in the flesh for three years. They had heard some of the most profound things about the kingdom of God and the way God did things come out of his mouth. They'd watched him do miracles, heal blind eyes, open deaf ears, raise the dead, multiply food to feed 5,000 from five loaves and two fish. Miracle after miracle. And he says, guys, I want you to know you'll be better off if I'm not here. Now, if you were there, you'd go, excuse me? How can that be? He says, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to be the comforter. He's going to be the advocate. In Luke 24 and verse 49, he says, now I will send the Holy Spirit. This is after the resurrection. Just as my father promised But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So do you want to kind of live a Tower of Babel life where it's let us, let us, and we will? Or do you want to say, come Holy Spirit, I need power from heaven for me to live on this planet in order to bring glory to your name. I need your power in the everyday of my life, not just Sunday moments, but they're every day. And we need to understand that power of the Holy Spirit is for the every day. And we record this moment or reading it from Luke in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they, that is the believers, were all together in one place, 120 of them. 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the purpose was not to fill the house, but to fill them. And I love it in worship when we encounter God and are in His presence. There's a sense of God's presence being in the house. But God wants to fill you, not just the house, as it were. And I'm referring to this auditorium or any other one. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. And notice the statement, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so right here on the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit reverses what happened at the Tower of Babel. The people who built the tower sought to make a name for themselves, create unity with, by what they could do. But at Pentecost, God builds His house, His people, His temple, uniting people in Christ and empowering us to live in this world with a sense of purpose and a sense of dignity and a sense of bringing Christ to our world, advancing the kingdom. I love something that Robert Bayer said. Bethlehem, the incarnation, is God with us. You will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Calvary is what God did for us. But Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit into each and every one of our lives is God in us. Bethlehem, God was with us. Calvary, God did something for us. But at Pentecost, it's about God being in us. All of them were filled, Acts 2 verse 4, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and I want you to notice the next statement, and the Spirit enabled them. That word enabled is, is such a powerful word to be strengthened, to empower, to impart something that adds something to your life. And so when we say, come Holy Spirit, we're saying, God, I don't want to do this by myself. In fact, Jesus said quite plainly, you can do nothing by your, without me. You can do nothing by yourself. And so it's that moment, and, and I want to encourage you, that the prayer that I'm encouraging us to pray is in this anointing service, come Holy Spirit, is not just for today. It's for when you're sitting in that workplace and you're dealing with something and you go, I, I need more than just what I can bring to it. And that's in no way diminishing your skills, your education, your ability. God uses all of that, but he want to add something to it, to enable, to strengthen, to empower you. It's in a difficult family situation. It's in whatever situation you are facing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. I want you to be manifestly present in my life. The Holy Spirit enabled them. There are so many things that I could go through today about how the Holy Spirit enables us, strengthens us becomes that comforter, that advocate, that one that stands alongside. But I want to just highlight a few things that I felt prompted out of the long list. So just turn the person next to you and say, I'm so thankful he hasn't got the long list today. No, I didn't say it was a short list. I just, just said it wasn't a long list. No, it's fine. One of the things that the Holy Spirit comes to do in all of our lives is to liberate our lives, to bring freedom to our lives. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is 
liberty, where the spirit of the Lord is present, is acknowledged, is invited. He brings liberty. I love Romans 8 and verse 15, and it's a glorious chapter filled with things that the Holy Spirit does in and through us and for us. But in verse 15, the spirit you've received, this is the Holy Spirit, does not make you slaves so that you can live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you have received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And there's so many things in this and the context and the surrounding verses, but I want you to catch this. God doesn't want you or I to live enslaved to things. He doesn't want you to live enslaved to fear, to brokenness, to, to the things that clutter our lives. And I think many of us now are dealing with stuff from the last two years that we're just beginning to realize, hey, that affected me in some way. I, not being able to go to that or not being able to see or, or whatever it is, or just the sense of constant being under pressure. And there's a freedom that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring to your life, to my life, to just break us loose into a fresh freedom in 2022. And to give us that confidence to come into our Heavenly Father's presence and just say, Daddy, Abba Father. To have the confidence not to live well, that am I accept, knowing you're accepted, you're invited. The Holy Spirit wants to bring that reality to bear into each and every one of your lives today. The Spirit doesn't want us to live as slaves. And I love something that someone said, it's not enough for us to have the Spirit, the Spirit must have us. And it's just again in this anointing service when we are praying, come Holy Spirit. And as later on we anoint you with oil, it's that moment to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to take hold of my life. And if it sounds a bit strange or new to some of you, He doesn't force you to do anything. Just, I just feel to pause on this just for a moment. The voice that shouts, that demands, that brings guilt and condemnation is the voice of the enemy. When God speaks, it's a still more small voice. It's a prompting. It's an urging. It's an imparting something. It's not a demand. It's not to force you. It's to invite you to be led by him, to be empowered by him. So you don't have to be fearful of that either. And when we invite him and not only do we have him, but he has us, he helps us to live in victory. He's the spirit of life referred to in this passage. I love that. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. That's what he brings to your life. The second thing is to empower your walk. And this is bringing it down into the everyday. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power, dunamos. And by the way, dynamite gets its name from this word, not the other way around, because there wasn't dynamite back when it was written. Just a little thought, because I've heard it preached otherwise every so often, but. Dunamis, it's this explosive, it's breakthrough power that Jesus is talking about here. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Or as one translation says, witnesses unto me. You, you'll be able to live Jesus 
in the everyday of your life. And he says, no matter where you go to the ends of the earth. I love Psalm 92 and verse 10. In fact, it was a key verse in last year's anointing service and I'm using it again. You're allowed to do that. Don't have to get permission to reuse verses. Psalm 92 verse 10. Your anointing, the anointing refers to that empowering impartation of the Holy Spirit. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. That whole idea of the anointing coming upon you to make you stronger, to give you might in, in breaking through in things, to empower your life for triumph by the anointing. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. He empowers your walk. I love this one. Number three, he enables your hands. And I use that term figuratively in a sense. I know some of you are actually people who work with your hands every day and others type away every day or do other things. And I'm using whatever you are doing in life, the empowerment to do that. And we sometimes think from a religious point of view that it's people on the platform that are anointed. You know, the worship leaders, the, two, the three divas we had up here earlier, they're not divas. Well, most of them aren't anyway, but I'm not going to go there because I could get into a whole lot of trouble on this one. They all, teams are doing a great job, both the ones up here and the ones you can't see and upstairs in the room there. But we sometimes think it's just for ministry. But when God was building the tabernacle and gave instruction to Moses, he says, see, the Lord has chosen Bazazel and has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all kinds of skills. And then it says he's also imparted that to the people that he's going to train. And I just love that. The guy is building physically a temple, a tabernacle that in the Old Testament figuratively housed the presence of God or allowed the people to approach the presence of God. And he says, I'm going to give him skill with his hands to do this. And I want to speak that over you in your workplace, in your study situation, in your home situation, that the Holy Spirit can anoint you and fill you to give you wisdom and understanding, to give you knowledge and impart all kinds of skills. And I think some of you right now are struggling in a work situation. Just to say, come Holy Spirit, I receive that. And so the Holy Spirit allows so-called ordinary people. And I use ordinary because nobody is ordinary. But, you know, in the everyday life, that's what I mean by that, to do extraordinary things because the Spirit of God is at work in their lives. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this way, I don't think is a luxury, but an absolute necessity. And so again, to make that prayer that I'm suggesting a common everyday prayer. Come Holy Spirit, I invite you into the situation. I invite you to fill me again. I invite you to help me. I invite you to give me wisdom to strengthen me. Come Holy Spirit. The fourth thing is to strengthen your heart. David says in that famous Psalm, Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. When you really think about it, it's a pretty striking phrase that, I mean, you prepare a table for me, safe and far away from my enemies. He doesn't say that. He says, you prepare a table for me where you provide for me and you you feed me, you strengthen me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. They may be roaring around me, but while I'm seated at your table, they don't touch me. God doesn't remove the struggle. God doesn't remove the enemies, the challenging circumstance. He says, I've got something for you in the middle of that because you can't avoid life. Following Jesus is not about avoiding real life. It's about living for him, empowered by the Holy Spirit, according to the wisdom of Scripture and trying to find a way through it and say, I'm going to live for him in the middle of all the crazy around me. He says, you anoint my head with oil. And there's such rich symbolism in that that I don't cover everything today, but just that in the middle of that, he anoints you and he says, my cup then overflows. The goodness and the care of God preparing a table for you set right in the middle of the presence of your enemies. And God's care and concern doesn't eliminate those things, but his goodness provides for you in the midst of them. And so those are the four key things in this anointing service that I want to encourage you with. To say, come Holy Spirit, where there's fear, where there's bondage, where I'm kind of enslaved to something, whether in my thinking or in something else, bring freedom. In my walk, my circumstances, empower me, make me strong and mighty in that situation. Empower my life for victory. Lord, in the things that I do, enable my hands by giving me wisdom and understanding and knowledge and increase my skill set. Doesn't mean you shouldn't study. Just a word for the students. Doesn't mean we shouldn't grow in things and learn things. But on top of that, that enabling power of the Holy Spirit. And God strengthen my heart. And the things that create anxiety, uncertainty, strengthen my heart. Come Holy Spirit. Next to just Exodus 33, Moses has gone through an encounter with God in receiving the Ten Commandments, the children of Israel being disobedient and building an idol down the bottom and all sorts of chaos going on. And God at one point says, I've had it. I'm not going with you anymore. I'll send an angel to take you into the promised land, but I'm not going. And Moses in the, the presence of the Lord says this, and because the Lord said to him, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from there. And I hope today in this anointing service, or if you watch it later online and you take a moment to say, come Holy Spirit, that you'll say, God, I don't want to step into 2022 without your presence. 
Without the Holy Spirit, without me consciously, deliberately inviting the Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, to fill me, to impart gifts of wisdom and skill and everything else, because I am dependent on you. I don't want to live. I don't want a Tower of Babel 2022, where it's all about what I can do and it's me, me, me. I want it to be about you, Lord. It's a beautiful song which I will not sing, written by Steve Kuban, who some of you will remember this. And I just like the words, I'm borrowing them. Come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Fill me with your power, satisfy my needs. Only you can make me whole. Give me strength and make me grow. Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. One of the most powerful things that the Holy Spirit does for any of us is to bring the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ And what he did at Calvary, where he laid down his life, shed his blood, suffered for us, dealt with sin so we could receive full pardon, full forgiveness, and an impartation of grace and empowerment in our lives with the resurrected Christ coming to live within us. And that takes place when, again, consciously, you and I invite Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. 